Hi there, this is Steve Addison for the Movement Podcast. This is the podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're dropping in on Justin White in Riley, North Carolina, and we're talking about how local churches are growing leaders for no place left. 2007, I came to seminary to be equipped to uh, to go to the nations, um, particularly India, South Asia, and I met my wife there. Uh, so I, I got something a little better, I guess. Um, her name is Rachel, and then um, we have two two little girls. We have one from Botswana, Africa, and one from India. So okay, yeah. Yeah, but that's really the start of the story. I, I we were students there. We had a heart for the red dots. We want we were wanting to go to the nations um, through a particular mission board, and I I we wanted to make disciples, uh, and we got a whole lot of of great great head knowledge on on disciple making and great commission, and man, we had hearts that were just burning. Um, but we just didn't have, we didn't have really a how, and we didn't know, we didn't know who we were. We didn't know how we fit in. Um, it's actually kind of funny. I, I wrote, I wrote a paper in seminary. that was really critical of David Garrison's book, Church Planning Movements. And, uh, I, I think my, I think my, where I was at, I saw myself, you know, I looked at the Great Commission. And I just saw me. Um, I didn't see, teach them uh, to obey. And I just, I just looked at, looked at it and I thought, well, I'm the answer, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll get my degrees and I'll go change the world. And um, so we graduated and, and we're actually close to going to South Asia. And um, God redirected us to Botswana, Africa. And um, we ended up spending two years there adopting a little girl and, and doing, doing the same work. Uh, we felt like we were called to be disciple makers. We had a business there as well. And, um, and, and saw some things, but just struggled. Honestly, we, we, we didn't have a big framework. We just, we didn't know who we were. Um, so, so God had, had unexpectedly taken us to Botswana, um, away from, uh, a, a clear path to be missionaries in India and away from a, um, a lot of identity. We had, we had degrees, we had positions at, a church. We had jobs. Um, we had people knew us um, where we were where we were living. And takes us to Botswana, uh, literally a wilderness. <laughs> it was blazing hot um, when we arrived, and we just we didn't have a place to live. Didn't have um, we didn't really have any plans. We just were going to adopt this little girl and and try to expand the kingdom. And we finally finally find a home. Just walk in the village. We find a home to rent, and. Um, Ministry is extremely slow and frustrating, and we're trying to figure out how to get permits so we can we can live there um, long enough to adopt our daughter. Um, I couldn't get a work permit, and we were just having having issues. And so I was I was going through the Book of Mark. I remember being at our house uh, reading it, and I was in chapter one, and uh, Jesus Jesus first begins his ministry, saying, "The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent." and believe the gospel. And then it seems like some guys did that. And so he, he, he took them and he, he began to uh, disciple them. And he tells them in Mark one seventeen, he says, follow me 
and I'll make you fishers of men. And I was, I was reading that and the Holy Spirit just, just spoke. There's been very few times in my life when there was just clarity and what he was t- trying to tell me or ask of me. And he, he said, Justin, um, is this good enough for you? <laughs> Cause I was wrestling with my identity. I was, uh, I was really struggling with who I am and what God's called me to do. And, and he was saying at the core of it, are you willing to, to submit joyfully submit to my authority, my Lordship, which is the best thing for us that that's, that's the source of our joy. And, and are you willing to, to fish for men, to be a disciple maker? Mm-hmm. And, and to be honest with you, Steve, I, I said, no, um, at the beginning, I said, no, I, I need, I need more to who I am than this. This is, this is impossible. I've grown up in, in America and we, we define ourselves by what we do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I need to add something to it. And, and so he, he was patient. Mm-hmm. He was patient. He let me, he let me try some things that didn't work. Well, even while we were in Botswana and eventually, eventually there was just brokenness. He, he, he broke me and, um, and I was able to just embrace and say, yeah, there is nothing that I would rather be in the world than that. And I don't need anything else. Mm. And I can, I can be that wherever I'm at, yeah. whatever circumstance I'm in, I can, I can be a follower of Jesus who fishes for men. So mm. wow. that time really came to an end around 2014 and God clearly called us back to uh, the Raleigh-Durham area. We had uh, originally thought that we were coming back to be a part of a, um, a church plant and uh, just to just to labor and make disciples um, in the city and still had a heart for the nations and so lead trips and stuff like that. And um, I just quickly, quickly realized um, that uh, it was just it was just difficult. We had uh, we had a lot of struggles um, just coming off the field, but also a lot of identity stuff. Um, God had gifted me a particular way and there just didn't seem to be a fit for me. Uh, the kind of the traditional positions or, um, job descriptions, if you will, within the local churches here in the States, it just, there wasn't, there wasn't anything for me. Um, my vision just kind of kept getting bigger as, as we learned about the city that we had moved back to. Um, Raleigh is, you know, it's in the South, but, We've it's got 1.4 million people who are far from God, not interested in attending a traditional church service. Um, we need 2,800 churches of 50 people um, at about 700 million dollars if we do it the way we've been doing it, and and the population's changing literally by the day uh, with internationals and people coming down from the north. So, just crushing, you know, just breaking my heart and then seeing what we were doing. Um, as a church just wasn't, wasn't impacting the lostness um, mm-hmm. or it was just really minimally. And so I was, I was at a point where I was really frustrated, just questioning, why am I here? Mm-hmm. I want to leave. I want to go back to the nations, um, be the hero missionary. And I, I had a, I had a couple meetings with a, a mentor of mine, Dr. George Robinson. And, uh, and he, he sent us, me and a friend, he sent us to Memphis, and we spent some time with Zach Medlock and Ron Surgeon in the coffee shop, and they they really just cast vision of what God was doing there and drew uh, a little diagram uh, called Four Fields on a napkin, and it's like a light bulb just went off. Yeah. I, I, I said, this is, 
this is what I've been missing. I've been doing pieces of this. Um, and I, and I've, again, I've seen me as the answer, but I'm, I'm not the answer. Um, you know, I'm to be faithful, but, but it's the, it's the disciples that we make that are the answers. And so I took that back. Um, they didn't give us any tools. So we just, we brought it back and started, (laughs) started failing forward as we like to say. Um, and, and God, you know, it was hard. It was really hard. Rachel and I just started practicing along with a small group of other people. We would hit the harvest. We would, um, we would go after our oikos. We knocked on every door in our neighborhood. Uh, we, we shared the gospel with the majority of people in our neighborhood. We were able to see some people come to faith and start a church in our neighborhood. Um, but we would also, we'd also target other, other communities in the city and, um, and God, by his, by his grace, he gave us, he really gave us a story that, that hooked us. Um, sometimes he does that in the beginning. We haven't had one quite like it since. Um, but he, we met a, we met a couple out in the harvest one day. We were, we were passing out some, um, just some, some goodie bags for Christmas and sharing, praying for people, sharing gospel and, um, connected with this couple and invited them over, um, some weeks later and they happened to be from Honduras and uh, they had just, they literally moved to Raleigh the same day that we had. And uh, this guy, he, 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 he figured out uh, pretty early on that. Um, uh, he, so he'd been having a dream for about five or six years yeah. and there was a guy in it speaking to him and he, and, and then he was back in Honduras saying what the guy was telling him he was speaking it to people back there didn't have a clue i mean he was he was far from god no real church background Uh, his wife was catholic background and uh and so he just he realized that i was the guy in his dream and just he was he was sick you know just he didn't know what to do and so he eventually, eventually told me physically or sick, worried, <laughs> just scared, just scared oh, to death. Right. I mean, God was, God mm. was pursuing him mm. and, and he, he, um, he was kind of terrified. So he's like, what do I do? I should, I should learn about this book that, uh, that this God reveals himself in. And so we started to, to, to dig into the Bible, just walk through, uh, creation to rep to restoration and, um, he ends up getting saved and his wife gets saved. They get baptized. And after some time, uh, you know, we poured into them for some months, but after some time they started, they just started laboring alongside us. Mm. And since have become some of our best friends in the world, they are, they are training and on our team, they're doing, they're, they're actually, we actually were in Honduras in April and his dream came true. We didn't plan it, but we just looked up at one point and, and it was, it was happening. And so they're, they're training churches here in Raleigh and, um, and pushing forward in the harvest in the, in the Hispanic community. And so they're Miguel and Paula Hernandez. Yeah. So just faithful, faithful brother and sister. We're learning from them at this point. Um, they, they, uh, I think it, it really hit home. We did a four day, uh, four fields training here in Raleigh in August and, um, she, we didn't have her plan. Troy was here. We didn't have Troy Cooper was here helping and we didn't have her plan, but she wasn't on the schedule. She was attending and somehow she ended up doing the, the person of peace, uh, tool. And it was about midway through there. We were all just, we were all just weeping. And she, she, uh, 
she, she, she pretty much says that, you know, I'm, I'm the person of peace and she's up there training. And, and it just, at that point, it's real, you know, you, you, you know, that you're not in control. You're just playing a role and it's not, it's not all about me. And so that, that was just an amazing story that's continued to give life to our, our team and movement here in Raleigh. And, um, I got connected eventually with guys like Jeff Sundell and Troy Cooper and just had some, some mentors pouring into me. Dr. Robinson continues to pour in and just blessed with guys like that who are much further ahead. And, um, that's, that's really the story of how we, how we got started. Okay. And where have things developed to today? Yeah, good question. So we, we started modest. I mean, it was Rachel and I and maybe a few other people that um, were hitting the harvest, um, trying to reach our Oikos. And I would say after a year, uh, we had trained, we were training back in our church. It was a small church, you know, 50, 60 people. Uh, but we would train people and take people out. And after the year, we had, you know, maybe 10 plus folks who had actually stuck for soil people. We had a lot of people receive the word, but um, a handful that were baptized and started walking with Jesus and um, started getting opportunities to train a few churches. Um, just, again, slow. Uh, we had we had 10 or 15 discovery Bible studies through the course of that year and uh, some, ten, some... 10 or 15 different groups meeting. Yeah, through the course of the first year, year and a half, we did. And... and um, and they're people far from God, and you're meeting typically in their homes. Yes, mostly. Yeah, we had we had two in our neighborhood at one point, and um, so yeah, we we. Wait, wait, if that if you're going to call that slow, I, I I don't know. I think fast <laughs> might be a bit scary. <laughs> I talked to an old guy recently called Jeff Sundell. He right. said, took us three months to get in our first home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Six months for the first new believer. Right. And uh, even after 18 months, he said it, it was still very tentative. Um, but so that's great. 10 to 15 homes. Yeah. And, and but some lasted longer than others. Steve, yeah. You know, you had some that, that were just a matter of months and then they would they would fall away. And some yes. some persevered. And um, again, there was a there was a there were a handful of really for soil uh, believers that came out of that time. And so we, that was really the first year, year and a half for us, um, yeah. just trying to do it, just trying to, trying to learn and, and do and figure out our roles, uh, within it. And then as we moved into the next year, um, we, we gained a little traction. I think we, we attended some more trainings, um, in other places and just heard, we got to witness what was happening in other networks like down in South Florida and, um, and Houston and places like that and learned from those guys and, and really, really clarified our vision as to what, what I think what God was calling us to do. And so we, we started, um, in year two, we started a, uh, uh, so we, we ended up getting a, a decent number of laborers from our, from our local church. Um, mm -hmm. And so we started a, a thing called just a, a church planting residency or no place left residency and um, really just just helped kind of solidify um, who we were pouring into on our team. And um, and so then from there, you just kind of took what, what happened with with Rachel and I and a handful of other people the first year, year and a half 
and it just it just all grew exponentially. So, you know, entry grew, gospel shares grew, discipleship grew. Um, churches were still were still getting there <laughs> with church formation and uh, sustaining churches, but everything else grew. Leadership development um, kind of accelerated, and so um, so that's I guess that's where we're at. We've we've got um, at least our our team. Um, we're, we're training in three different countries. We've trained in six different states, um, trained a handful of churches, making some progress here in the Raleigh-Durham area. Um, again, just everything, everything seems to be increasing um, except the, the kind of the church formation mm. piece where we're, we're really praying and, and fasting and searching for answers and, um, trying to learn from other other guys who are further ahead than that. So but the gospel is getting out. People are turning and believing. Yeah. Um, you not with everyone, but you're getting a flow through in discipleship. Right. But it's just uh, forming sustainable, reproducing churches is the the point of challenge right now. Yeah, the sustainable piece. Uh, we're I'm, we're part of one. I'm actually an elder at, at the church we're part of. We meet in our house, and there's about twenty to thirty folks, and probably thirty to forty percent are from the harvest, um, mm. new believers from the harvest over the last couple of years. And so we're there, there's a lot of contextual issues, um, obstacles that are in the way that we're I think we're just now learning some stuff about sustainability. We tried a lot, we tried a lot of different things and, um, and a lot and majority of them didn't last those first mm-hmm. few years. And so we're, we're learning some things with, with this church and um, hoping that in 2018, we can, we can see some more churches that last um, and mm-hmm. maybe network them together at some point as well. Yeah. But at each stage, well, at each point, you're moving into a new stage. There was a point right. where we weren't in the harvest. Now we're in. <laughs> right. Absolutely. The getting out, but we're not getting disciples. Well, we're getting right. disciples. And it, it seems to go like a, a graduated path and then a, a wall you hit and then a step up and a new graduated path. Right. And, and, and I guess your wall at the moment is sustainable church formation. It is. Yeah. It is. Now, what I want to do is is just jump back to um, what God's done in terms of the, the residency that you talked about. Just sure. unpack that a bit more. Who, who's the residency for and what form does it take? What, what, okay. How is it shaped? So at the kind of at the, the micro level of, of residency, we um, – it's for catalytic um, apostolic type leaders who are wanting to multiply disciples, churches, leaders, both at home and, and to the ends of the earth. And so um, it's a, it's just a basic format. We meet, our rhythm is that we meet, uh, they sign up for it. So they have to sign a, a mem- memorandum of understanding and they sign up and commit three hours to meeting together each week for encouragement for um, accountability for just tightening tools and strategy. And we use uh, three thirds to uh, pattern to meet and um, really take them in the course of one year. We, we take them all the way through, uh, through the four fields. And so they're able to, they're able to do 
um, all of that after year one. And so we'll meet, we'll meet weekly for three hours. Um, they're reading through the New Testament, answering questions on those, those five parts of abiding, entry, gospel, discipleship, and church, and then leadership development. Um, they're committing two hours to, to training. So mm-hmm. that's, that is, um, we really, if, if they connect to a residency and they're not a part of our church, we push them back to their church to train. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you're, you're God's trainer. You're the one he's raised up to train in that church. Um, but really any, any type of training, um, and then two hours in the harvest is what we ask. And, and these are with the exception of myself, these have always been, uh, you know, lay laborers. So they're, they're either seminary students who are full-time school, full-time job. They're just workers, uh, that have, that were Christians and, uh, went to a training and got got activated a training, or they're from the harvest. You know, we've seen mm-hmm. a handful of people from the harvest that have come into these, and so so they're all. Um, so that's that's kind of our minimum ask. They're also training, doing event trainings with us, and we're asking them to go overseas uh, to to South Asia uh, or another spot where there's they're ahead of us in movement just to learn and be a part of that. And so that's kind of the basic structure of, of what we're doing. Okay. So roughly how much time, you said they're volunteers, so about right. how much time would they need to commit each week as a minimum? It's seven hours. Mm. Seven hours a week is what we're asking. Okay. Um, and yeah. if, if, they've, if you know, they, they may already be committed workers in their local church, but if they step out of all those other commitments they're in, right. seven out, including, you know, now you're doing church in, in the harvest, in right. participating in training church, trying to establish a new church, so you might be in right. two groups. But that seven hours as a minimum is, you know, it's a lot of time, but yeah. for a committed volunteer, that's, that's doable. It's doable. And honestly, what happens if they, the kind of the blessing from their local church is key because they can't, they can't be involved in, in, I mean, they can, but they'd be doing something every night, right? If they're in small groups and Wednesday night prayer and all this stuff. And so working with their leadership, um, we've seen, we've seen them commit to the seven, most people, and they end up laboring a whole lot more than that. Yes. Um, Especially when God, when God gives them some victories and, and they just, that they're, they're in. And so, yeah. um, once, it's, once you see lives changed, it's, right. It's, it's very hard, but they're doing that out of the overflow of what they see God doing. Not that's right. The drivenness to, you know, back up the uh, hours. Um, yeah. We've just found that. And, and I guess in our context, providing some, um, some formality, I guess it's not, it's not a lot. Mm. has just has just helped you know something to commit yes. to it's there's a it's temporary ours is one year one year with mm-hmm. a second year option um and so they they know what they're signing up for they know they know what they're getting into and um we've just seen it we we've seen it i guess at that at that level mm-hmm. um really really produce some some solid laborers and and again some of those came from the harvest but we really um it's a time for them to kind of confirm their giftings and callings, safe place for them to do that. 
Mm. It's a time for them uh, to have their character shaped. You know, we're really pushing them with a biting piece um, as well. So shaping of character, uh, growing in their competency with, with just strategy and methodology. And um, I think the secret ingredient to it all is the community of practice. Mm-hmm. That it provides, uh, you know, it, for me, it, this was up, Rachel and I, we, the first one that we led, um, we were, it was so, it was, so, it was life giving for us. Uh, we had this, all of a sudden we had this, this defined community where mm. we could, we could just, we could celebrate victories. We could, um, you know, we could, we could weep over difficulties and there are plenty and in, in the work and we could um, talk about strategy, talk about obstacles, hold each other accountable. And so that really seemed to be the kind of the glue that, that, that has, has brought a lot of success to, to this so far. Mm. And I mean, a, a committed person might sort of stumble into that sort of pattern. Right. But what you're doing is, um, Let's, let's define this in, but you know, seven to 10 hours, or even if it's 12 hours, um, a committed person can arrange their life around that. Yes. Um, but it gives some structure. It means if you've, you've got at least a handful of people, um, there's now team in this and it sounds like just about a, you know, one, one portion is you will, do and practice and be these things with your team. Right. right. You'll be in the harvest and you'll also be mobilizing others. That's right. That's right. And, and the beautiful thing is that we've seen um, from that first year, I mean, it was, it was amazing. Uh, Miguel and Paula, who I spoke of earlier, they, they went through it. Um, we had. These hand- are the couple, the guy who was terrified sure. by the dream. No yeah. church background. That's right. And now he's in the first residency with his he's in it. Paula. Wow. That's right. And but we had we're, we live close to a, a really wonderful seminary, and we had a handful of students that were in our church that went through it. Okay. And Is that in partnership with George Robinson. That's right. Okay. Correct. Yep. We've been yeah. here. Mm. Yeah. So they're about twenty five minutes away, and. Um, so the, the students that were part of it, they were already headed to South Asia, uh, planning to go to South Asia mm-hmm. to be full-time missionaries. But um, they would tell you they, they, they weren't, some had been overseas and had even trained in movements overseas and come back and just were finding trouble. They were having trouble doing the same thing here that they were doing there. And so, um, the residency, they, they got connected with us and got plugged in and mm. they ended up seeing Nepalis come to faith here in Raleigh. Uh, they, they trained, um, just trained a whole lot, uh, at churches here and, and other churches. And then another couple that's, that's being mobilized to be sent overseas. They're actually leading our second residency that meets mm. up where the seminary is at. And it's predominantly seminary students. And we've gotten, gotten green lights really to, to run after training and, and um, equipping of students uh, for movement up there. So it's just, it's just neat to see that we didn't plan that, yeah. but it, it just happened because they, they were part of it and, and they were faithful. They were obedient. What, what's the name of the seminary? Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Okay. Uh, and uh, if people listening, if they search the, 
the podcast list or the blog for Dr. George Robinson. We, we've sort of talked from the seminary point of view of right. what it looks like. So the, the beauty of it for us, though, is that as we really feel God is, God is moving at that school. And, um, and so 2018 is going to be, we're going we're gonna to focus a lot up there. But uh, what it does, though, is it, it instead of just instead of just mobilizing students or or even even people coming through churches, there's a lot of good churches here in Raleigh. Um, it, 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 we're committed to going after movement in our backyard mm. and the residencies as we increase them, they just they just allow us to to increase that exponentially. All those fields start increasing. Um, the, the quantity and quality of the laborers increase. We've already seen it from, from one year to the sec to the next. Mm. And our, our big vision is we'd love to see 300 units coming through Raleigh Durham in the course of a year, mm. uh, to be either some may stay, um, and some may be mobilized yeah. to the nations. And so that's, that's the, that's the dream. Um, I'd like to see 30% of those people be from the harvest and that keep increasing. Um, mm. But we're... And, and there's obviously, you know, I just got news today that Nick Duffy in Manchester, UK, uh, is launching a residency up in the first one in the UK. Wow. So there's obviously a, you know, as, as you refine what you're doing, that becomes a starting point for others to set up residencies. Sure. So it's not just coming through Riley, but but other hub churches and, and if they're good seminaries are, um, are following <laughs> suit. That's our prayer. And we were, we were one of, I think four churches to pilot it um, last year. So we weren't, we weren't the only ones and we were all kind of working together. There were some guys in Dallas and, Tulsa and some other places. And so we were all, we were all really learning together through this and, and, and saw the same thing, I think nationwide. So the second year, I believe there's 20 plus going on right now and a lot more uh, potential for, for next year. So 20 plus residencies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. And even if they've got, I don't know, 10 each, that's, that's (laughs) 200 people. It is making this commitment, but it it's it's saying you can you can sort of sift your calling now in in your own backyard, even if you're you're just just come to faith and you make these these commitments. Um, this is a wonderful way of both preparing, but also helping someone understand. Well, what would it look like for me to do this with the rest exactly. of my life? And is that my yeah. calling? They don't yeah, have to say job or their home. They can yes. just, just jump into a residency. Yeah, it's a safe place to do that. It, it really helps to clarify that gift, which it did for us. I mean, we that was our story, right? I mean, we didn't we didn't know where we fit in in the Western context, and and then getting involved with movements, and and now. Uh, now with the residency, we, we, we know, we know our role, whether we're in Raleigh or, or on the other side of the world. And that, that was our, our prayer from when we got back from Botswana and just didn't see a way forward with some traditional uh, models and structures. We have to be able to have a zero budget uh, uh, 
mobilization piece here that, that where we can pull people in, spend time with them, um, go after multiplication, go after what, what we're convicted, um, what we see in the New Testament, the pattern of Jesus and Paul. And um, absolutely, it's, it's, it's zero budget. Yeah.